Amen. It's a delight to see you today at the harbor. If you don't know me, I'm Mike Sains, the lead pastor here, and we are delighted to have you with us today. And uh, obviously, it's Baptism Sunday, so uh, we'll be doing that at the close of the second service, which starts at 1030. And so if you've made a decision for Jesus Christ to serve him and come out from the world and serve the Lord, we urge you to be baptized in water. You say, well, I hadn't signed up yet. That's okay. Just stay over and we'll baptize you in the second service. As a matter of fact, you might enjoy the message well enough that you just enjoy it again and God will do another work right there. Amen. But um, we are so delighted to see all of you. And I want to join Pastor Josh in saying thank you for your giving for hurricane relief uh, for Irma, for Louisiana and Texas, as well as um, uh, your own self right here in this locale. We have helped so many people, and we also have many more yet that we will help. Uh, matter of fact, he mentioned uh, Victory World Church, who we have partnered with. They have uh, pretty much boots on the ground in about two hours. They will be here um, for one week, uh, and we'll be gutting houses from you know, with sheetrock and flooring and carpeting and preparing it uh, for the reinstall of um, sheetrock and so on and so forth. So it's been a great partnership. Uh, Brother Sean Strawn, actually, when he left here, he went up and he's been attending uh, Victory World Church. And I think I think there's a, a friend or cousin or something that is one of the uh, staff members there. And that you see, we believe in reach, educate, and deploy. So we didn't really want to deploy Sean to Atlanta, so we didn't let Shantae go. Amen. We just we just sent Sean. No. But anyway, um, nonetheless, God has been good to us, and there's been a, a relationship built there that's going to go far beyond just this tragedy that we've experienced. So we're very, very much excited about it. Today, I want to uh, close out our unusual series, and we've had some unusual events take place. We've had some unusual blessings. We've had some unusual tragedy, some unusual giving, some unusual healing. Hello? We've just had some unusual victories, and so God has truly blessed us. I want to encourage you to go to YouTube and type in the Harbor Worship Center, and when you see our logo pop up, just subscribe to that, and you go listen to all of those messages, and uh, it'll be a blessing to you, I trust. Uh, today, I want to continue in this unusual series, although I did not really intend to do it because we were supposed to be doing something else according to our schedule, but how many of you know it's really not about what I think or what you think, it's about what he thinks? And so today, um, I, I, I pushed this message aside last week and went with um, a different one. As you know, we missed a Sunday in there as far as being together, but many of you tuned in online and that was such a blessing. And um, But today I want to dive into the last installment of this unusual series, and I want you to buckle your seatbelt because you're going to have to be a participator in this. It is unusual forgiveness. Unusual forgiveness. Now, uh, in Colossians chapter 3, in verse number 13, the Bible says in the NIV, bear with each other and forgive one another if if any of you has any grievance against one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, that's some of the strongest writing I, I can tell you about forgiveness. Jesus says through Paul to forgive just like you have been forgiven. 
And then he says in Matthew 6 and 14, Jesus talking, For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So if you hold somebody in unforgiveness, you're not really hurting them, you are hurting yourself. You are really um, hurting yourself because you go to God and you have needs and you need a breakthrough and, and, and you need forgiveness for something that you've said or done and you can't even receive what you need because you won't give what somebody else needs. So unusual forgiveness. Now I'm going to tell you something, forgiveness is kind of a relative term for most of us. Because, you know, I mean, if, if, if you cuss me out, ain't no big deal. There's, people do that all the time. So if you show me about a third of your hand at a red light, I'm used to that too. So, now, now I, I, so I forgive that real easy. Now, you hurt my family, that's a different story. We, I, I'm going to have to dig a little bit deeper to, to find that kind of forgiveness. You mistreat my wife or my children or grandchildren, and man... I'm going to have to really get down to business with God because the closer you get to my heart, the harder it seems to forgive. Are, are you with me? But I want to talk with you about unusual forgiveness because we're not talking about just forgiving somebody for stealing an apple. We're talking about forgiving somebody for stealing the apple of your eye. So, so forgiveness is tough sometimes. But Jesus Christ modeled that forgiveness. Now, now I want to give you an example. I'm going to read a, a true story. Some of you have heard and you've watched the movie, The Green River Killer. You seen that? It's been on TV a lot of late. Gary Leon Ridgway is better known as the infamous Green River Killer. In 2003, he confessed to the murders of 48 women. In 2011, Ridgway was convicted of the murder of Rebe Rebecca Morrow, bringing the victim count to a total of 49. But by his own confession, he may have murdered as many as 60 women. Ridgway especially despised prostitutes and targeted them for his killings. In Ridgway's 2003 sentencing, the families of the victims had the opportunity to speak out and to address Ridgway himself in the courtroom directly. Understandably, many lashed out at Ridgway for his unimaginable grief that he put them through. As Ridgway stonily listened to the family members express their grief and their anger, one person came up and he said something totally unexpected. When the time came for Mr. Robert Rule, the father of the teenage victim Linda Jane Rule, to speak, Ridgway finally showed a glimpse of remorse. Rule's words to Ridgway was this, Mr. Ridgway, there are people here that hate you. I'm not one of them. You have made it difficult to me for me to live up to what I believe. But that is what God tells me that I have to do, and that is to forgive. So, sir, you are forgiven. This brought Ridgeway to tears. For the first time, anyone perhaps had seen him cry. That's tough. 
That, that's a tough pill to swallow. I like the, the glamour of that story. I like the punchline because it drives my message home about unusual forgiveness. However, if I put Mike Sainz in the courtroom, I, I, I'm really grasping and I'm hoping and I'm praying that, that I could find the words as a believer to say to this man who had killed my daughter, Sir, you are forgiven. It reminds me, and it, it beckons back to a time when Jesus Christ was being crucified. And they laid him down and they pounded these nails through his, through his hands and his feet. And as a Roman centurion looked at him, I could see Jesus looking up with these dark eyes into the eyes of a centurion. And then Jesus looks beyond the soldier and looks to his father and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. My Lord, what a model of forgiveness. And then I see the great uh, counselor of the church, the first counselor, Stephen, who's led outside the city and he's being stoned to death. And as he's dying, heaven opens up and uh, there's Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father looking down. And Stephen echoes the words of Jesus earlier when he says, Lay not this sin to their charge. That's tough. Paul would tell us in the book to the Ephesians in chapter 4, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with all the forms of malice. Be kind and compassionate one to another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Unusual forgiveness. I'm telling you, it's easy for me to forgive you for backing into my car. Everybody else has. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Amen. It's easy for me to forgive you for knocking one of the mirrors off. They've both been knocked off by the children or the wife. So that's easy. It's easy when you say, oh, my bad, you know, and maybe you hit my hand with the hammer instead of the nail or something. I don't know. That's not hard to say I forgive you. That's not hard for me to offer forgiveness. But, uh, but, but, but then there's times when forgiveness is tough. And I want to talk about that today because we need unusual forgiveness. Forgiveness, first of all, I want you to understand forgiveness is very powerful. Forgiveness uh, is very powerful. So how do we learn to forgive? I want to tell you something. Forgiveness has to do with embracing what Jesus Christ has done at Calvary because Jesus said, I choose to forgive. In short, forgiveness is releasing someone from the penalty of sin so that a relationship can be restored. And if God would help me today, I would like to look at four basic decisions that we have to make when it comes to forgiveness. Basic decisions. And, and, and I want to tell you, I was reading an article by Winston Smith, actually, and, and I couldn't get away from what he was saying. And, and so I borrowed some of his sayings. And you're going to hear some of this right now. He said, number one, we have to decide to release somebody. In other words, the power to choose is with you. You decide whether to try to hold on to it or to let it go. Amen? You, a decision to release. In other words, forgiveness means letting go of your right to punish somebody else because you feel like you have a right now since they have hurt you. 
right? In the process of forgiving, the first barrier I want you to understand is ourselves. We have to get ourselves out of the way because, because sometimes ourselves don't want to allow us to forgive our brother or our sister or our spouse. But you got to decide to let the offense go. Uh, let that offense go and keep that friend, keep that spouse, keep that child, whatever it is. You see, you have to decide that I'm going to see my friend or my spouse rather than the offense that they have committed. Understand that forgiveness is a decision, so, so you've got to let it go. It's important that you don't confuse forgiveness with emotions. Did you know emotions are volatile? Come on, ladies, talk to me. <laughs> emotions can get the best of us. Sometimes we're happy, and man, everything's hunky-dory, and all of a sudden something, I don't know what it was that changed. I remember when Kelly was pregnant. Oh, my goodness. She, it was like Jekyll and Hyde. Everything was cool, and then all of a sudden, it's raining. You know, and all of a sudden, I don't know, it's like the switch just turned on, and she went crazy. Or, and then the switch turned off, and she came back. Some of you ladies have experienced that, right? Uh, uh, brothers, help me. Hey, man. All right, all right. I know I hadn't gone crazy. But see, while forgiveness affects, uh, and its effects can bring relief to our emotions, it's much more than emotion. In other words, when I forgive somebody, it does relieve my emotion. I do feel better that I have forgiven that person. But it's really not about the emotional side of it. While it does, you see, God's forgiveness isn't a declaration of emotion but a declaration to his people that they are forgiven and pardoned in the full pardon of their sins, whether they feel like it or not. Some of you have, fought, well, we've all fallen short. The Bible says we've all sinned and missed the mark. We've all fell short of the glory of God. And sometimes you have earnestly prayed and sought God, and he forgave you, but you beat yourself up for the next 10 years or 10 days, whatever it was. In other words, God forgave you, but you couldn't forgive yourself. There are times when people have forgiven you or, or me, and we oftentimes just, we just don't feel like it. Everything is not based on a feeling. Are y'all with me? You see, you say, well, I, I did forgive, but I just can't quit thinking about it. You see, we don't have to dwell on whatever your friend or, or spouse or child did to you. Um... I know there may be lingering questions, et cetera, things that are unanswered. But, um, you know, forgiveness does not give you spiritual amnesia. In other words, you don't just forget it and, it, you know, you just choose to deal with it. It's getting real quiet in here. In other words, I didn't forget that you broke in my house and stole all my guns. Thank God you didn't do that. <laughs> I hope you get the one by the bed first if you come in. Because <laughs> if you do, you got a good shot at getting the rest. But if you don't... <laughs> anyway, back to this... You see, if we're not careful, we will uh, um, we'll dwell on something. And, and sometimes we need to talk about something because sometimes we just said, okay, I forgive you, and we never talked through it, and we never got over it. It's kind of like a wound. I remember one time I was pedaling a bicycle when I was about the fourth grade, and a stick 
you know, went up into my foot. And, you know, I was like, oh, man, this thing hurts. It hurts. And I knew what my daddy was going to do. Daddy was going to press and squeeze and all this kind of stuff. And, but I, I'm good, daddy. Everything's good. I got me a Band-Aid put on it. Well, guess what? In about three days, that thing done got red, all puffed up. My dad looked at that, and the outer skin had already closed back over, but daddy said something's in there. And sure enough, that stick had broke off in my foot, and it then got infected. And sometimes we, some, we try to heal things up so quick, and we don't even want to talk about it. Just, okay, okay, I just choose to forgive you. But sometimes we need to talk about it to make sure we understand each other. Now, I'm not, you, there's a difference in talking about it and continuing to dig at your friend or your spouse about it. You see, you talk about it till we get the air completely clear. And once we know what the offense is and we both agree, agree the offense was there and that someone offended someone else or hurt someone, you got to forgive it and you got to go on. And let me say this, you might be the one being forgiven right now are offering forgiveness, but you too, my friend, are going to need forgiveness for something along the way. So don't get on a high horse. So forgiving is not the same as forgetting. Uh, in fact, being able to recall the hurt is often very uh, therapeutic. It's good for us to be able, I'm not talking about to go back and dog your friend or your spouse and, you know, 10 years later, you're still beating them up because of, you know, whatever they did. But if there is true forgiveness and you can look one another in the eye and say, hey, we've put that behind us, God can use that as a tool for healing for hundreds of people. Amen. Look how many people that have been incarcerated. They are convicted felons, rights not yet restored, yet hundreds of people come to the Lord Jesus Christ through their testimony. You see, it's a decision that not only to release, but it is a decision to sacrifice. You see, God's forgiveness required a sacrifice of his son to pay the penalty for sin. Now listen, our forgiveness requires a sacrifice too. But, but it's not like you're going to lay down your life for that sin. But there are some things, you see, you'll have to accept the wound from your friend. You'll have to accept the wound from your spouse. Or your significant other. In other words, forgiveness doesn't mean pretending that it didn't happen. It did happen. It doesn't mean that we run from it. It means we face it flat-footed and head-on and say, this is ugly, but this is what happened. You, you might even say, I, I'm not proud of this. Matter of fact, I'm deeply ashamed of this. But it is what happened. And I'm going to guarantee you, you will gain more respect from people by being dead level honest like that than you will trying to skirt the issue, hide the issue, put it all away. Well, you see, forgiveness is a sacrifice in the sense that you are choosing the more difficult path. It's easier for, for you to think, well, I'm just going to get even. First chance I get, I'm just going to get even. But you are sacrificing that temporary good feeling of emotion that says, I'll show her, or I'll show him, or I'll show them. you got to sacrifice that and say, you know what, that's not what the Lord would want me to do. And, I, you know, I know that's tough. Hey, y'all know God requires Christians to do some tough things. Y'all know that? I'm just thinking, it just now ran through my mind, but I'm thinking of a particular story. Some of you say, well, I want to be a pastor. I want to be a prophet. Oh, yeah. 
Look at, um, look at Hosea. Hosea was called to be a prophet. And the Bible said the Lord wanted to get a message over to Israel, so he decided to use Hosea's life and told him to go marry a whore. Did he just say that in the church? Oh, my God. He said, go down to the house of ill repute and marry a prostitute. And I can imagine Hosea's like, God, are you serious? Yeah, very serious. Go down and marry a woman of the night and of ill repute. And so he goes and he does that. And the Lord says, not only do you marry her, I want you to love her. I, 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 want, I want you to cherish her. In other words, he's basically saying, I'm going to show Israel. I'm going to put on display the love that I have for them. And you're going to live it out and help me show it. Y'all still want to sign up? Huh? Well, what about... Uh, there was another guy by the name of Ezekiel. The Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going to take your wife. She's going to die, and I forbid you to cry. You will not cry. You know how quiet it is? You still want to be a prophet? Hello? God said, I'm going to use you. Now, now back to Hosea real quick. Uh, it, he said, go marry this woman. Have a child. Name him Jezreel. Have another one, and, and, and then have another. So he has three children. And you know what this woman does? She continues. She'll live right for a little bit, and then she'll go right back to her whoredoms. She'll go right back to that lifestyle. And you know what Hosea will do? He'll go back down. He'll find her. He'll take her back. He'll clean her up. He'll bring her home. Can you imagine living with, with that kind of, you know? I, I don't know what his church thought, if he, if he even have, had a church, you know? But whatever it was, just what did your neighbors think? Man, she's done you so wrong. Unusual forgiveness. And what God is showing is this. If I, God, can forgive, if Jesus Christ can forgive all of these offenses, who are you to hold someone in unforgiveness as if you have never broke a vase? So something else about sacrifice, it means that you are letting go and forfeiting future payback huh I don't like to do it but I've done a fair amount of marriage counseling and, and please don't be offended of that I got people that love it I just don't happen to be one of them I didn't specialize in it, it it's not something that really gets my engines going I like crashes counseling now if you're about to jump off the cross or something I'll talk you down or go get you or something like that but uh outside of that I ain't no good at it. It, it. Well, I might be good at it, but I just don't like it. But I've done it enough to know that people are hurting. And when people are hurting, we oftentimes refuse to forgive because we want that ace in the hole right here. We want that in our back pocket so that, you know, if something comes up and you ever do anything wrong, I'm going to lay this offense back on the table again. I'm going to bring it back up. Man, I can hear the air units running. <laughs> you see, you have to choose to let it go. Choosing to let that go, you have to choose to sacrifice. That means you got to sacrifice talking to your boyfriends or girlfriends about it. Don't low-rate them to somebody. Here, here's what, can I show you this? Man, I, time has a way of getting by. Here's what I have found out that when people get in trouble with their marriage or the relationship or whatever, they'll talk to everybody in the world about it. And they low-rate and berate their spouse or their significant other. 
And man, you think they're on board. I knew you, you, you should have never put up with him. You should have left him a long time ago. And all of a sudden, in two nights from now, they had a romantic dinner down at a steakhouse in Jacksonville. Got it all worked out, and you're the bad guy. Because now she, she say, that's my friend. Folks, been my friend told me to leave him. Huh? Got all kind of texts from him. All the evidence. You understand what I'm saying? So when we, we have to decide to release them, we have to decide that I'm willing to sacrifice my feeling like I, I, I'm going to win this. Uh, and and we got to sacrifice that desire to talk to everybody about it. You, in fact, if you feel like you have to talk to everybody about it, you probably haven't talked to your friend or your spouse or your child or your father or whoever the offense is with. You've probably not quite talked to them enough. Because here's what I believe. I believe things only ought to be as big as the problem. I don't think we need to involve everybody in the world if everybody in the world ain't involved. If this is between me and you, let's put this thing to rest between me and you. Why does the whole kingdom have to suffer? Well, let me move on. So now, now the third decision uh, that you got to make is you got to tell yourself, here's the truth. You got to understand that God is up to something good, even though you don't like it. You got to understand that God's up to something good, even though you don't like it. So what I'm saying is this, um, you would rather get even, you're kind of aggravated, you want to do all that you can do to make this thing right, at least in your eyes. Let me show you what Jesus did. Um, he said to his father, I really don't want to do this thing at Calvary. Is there any, well he didn't say it in those words, that's my words, but he says, is there any other way? But he was so humble, he said, nevertheless, Lord, not, not my will. I'm asking you, is there another way? But if there's not another way, if there's not another way, he said, I, I'm happy to do it your way. I'm going to do it. I'm committed to this. I'm going to do it your way. So here, now, now what Jesus was looking at was praying in Gethsemane that night till his sweat became as great drops of blood. He was agonizing. He was toiling. And some of you are agonizing and toiling and struggling with forgiving somebody. And some of it really is kind of... I've seen people leave churches. I've seen people leave spouses over stupid stuff. I mean, something real bad happened. They get right on past it and then over something crazy. I'm thinking... Man, didn't Jesus say talk about people that swallow a camel strain on a gnat? Huh? Well, you got to understand that God is up to something. And when you choose to forgive, that is the ultimate model that Christ gave us. That, matter of fact, God loved us so much that he sent his only son for us. And when people have done... The greatest testimony for anybody is when they have been, or they've done you so wrong. They've created so much hurt, horror, anger, bloodshed, you name it. And yet, somehow, you muster up the courage, as Mr. Rule did, and said, Mr. Ridgeway, there are people in this room that hate you. I am not one of them. Oh, man. And he says, Mr. Ridgeway, you are forgiven, sir. 
that, my friend, takes the power of the Holy Spirit to help you release somebody. But what you've did, you've made a decision to release them. You've made a decision that you're going to sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? If you're familiar, if you're familiar with baseball, a sacrifice is when you give up something to gain something more important. Woo! So, amen! So we sacrifice my feeling better right now by gouging and getting even and showing face and all of that for something greater for God's will to be done so we, re, we choose to release we made that decision we, we made a decision to sacrifice we've made that decision that God is up to something good at Gethsemane I want to tell you something God was up to something good for now everybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved Everybody that looks toward Calvary and believes that God raised his son Jesus from the dead shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, we had a type and shadow of that. You remember Moses when he lifted up that brazen serpent way back in the wilderness. And he said, if all the people would just, wherever they are when they get bit by that fiery snake, if they'll just look up the hill that looking toward that brazen serpent that he raised up indicated a condition of their heart of faith that they believed and the venom was reversed and they did not die. That was a type and shadow of something 2,000 years later. Are you hearing me? A couple thousand years later, Jesus Christ would be raised up on another hill. It would be called Golgotha. And if people would just look to him, wherever they are in this world's camp, amen? You might be in the deepest, darkest gutter you've ever been in in your life. You may be in a horrible relationship. You may have committed atrocities against your wife and society. But if you would just look again into that holy hill, there is unusual forgiveness available. There are people that have told me I've done something so bad that I cannot be forgiven. I say, sir, there is nothing so bad huh? that if you would ask the Lord to forgive you, he'll forgive you. There's nothing so far, so, so, so low, so vile. Jesus said all manner of sin with the exception of blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. But someone looks at murder and rape or incest or some great tragedy and they are indeed tragedies. But he simply says if we will call on the name of the Lord we shall be saved. Would you stand with me as we talk about unusual forgiveness? I wonder why we're here Let's bow our heads together, but I want to ask you a question. It's a very serious question. There's nobody looking around, it's just me and you. Is there perhaps someone? They done you wrong, they hurt you. Maybe it was physical. They battered you, they abused you, molested you. Is there someone that has stolen from you? Maybe your honor, maybe your reputation, maybe they stole money from you, maybe they went in your home and stole goods and precious items that cannot be replaced. Maybe there's those who've trashed you in public 
trashed your reputation and nobody knows the real story but you, you and God. I'm telling you, the key to getting better is right now to say, Lord, I hold Mr. or Miss, whoever it is, guiltless. Today I take the key and I'm not just unlocking them from the offense. I'm unlocking myself so I can live again. I'm taking the shackles off of my body because I thought that I held them down. In fact, in truth, I held myself back because I understood today that unless I forgive others their trespasses, I cannot be forgiven myself of my own. So my heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Is there one or two or three who just lift your hand right up and just hold it there for a moment. There's hands going up right now. Lord, have mercy at the hurt. Lord, have mercy at the bitterness. I've got a great challenge for you. I've got a next step for you. I'm going to pray for you right now, though, and then we're going to take that. Father, in the name of Jesus, help them to find the courage right now. They've already made the very first step. They've stood on their feet. They've raised their hands. And they said, I'm struggling with forgiveness. I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would give them an uncanny ability right now to grant unusual forgiveness. Lord, that they would truly and from the heart grant that forgiveness. Give them the power to do that, to release others and themselves in the name of Jesus.